As I was referring yesterday, uh, if you take into account uh, some you know, a, a type of problem that is uh, very complex, demands uh, maybe you know, higher expertise, but again, the expertise that is required is very much uh, there within the organization. But more particularly, uh, the issue involved, the problem involved, uh, it needs to be dealt with accuracy. That means, uh, if at all the decision goes wrong, then the possible replication is high. The negative replication is high. So that is why it is uh, needed that uh, the decision should be more accurate. You know, that the error of mar the margin of error should be Various. In such type of scenario, the most appropriate or the most apt decision-making technique would be operation research. Now, what is this operation research? Operation research is moreover the application of uh, scientific and mathematical tools and techniques into the operations of the system in order to optimize the result. So basically, with the application of scientific and mathematical tools and techniques into the operations of the system, in order to optimize on a problem or optimize on an issue, on an issue. That means, otherwise we can say uh, it is a decision making technique that uses, uh, let's say, advanced or scientific or mathematical tools and techniques in order to attain rationality. In order to attain rationality. Here, otherwise, you can simply say it is a 
uh, it is a it is a decision making technique that uses the advanced and scientific tools and techniques uh, <coughs> in order to attain rationality. Rationality basically means what? Logically able to correlate uh, the, 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 the means and the end correlation. Now see, if you take into account in, in this technique, <coughs> in this technique, uh, the, the, the reality, the problem reality is given a mathematical uh, character or a numerical character. That means every part of the reality is uh, uh, converted into uh, a numerical converted into a numerical value, and various uh, uh, realities they are related through mathematical equations. So every part of the reality they are given a numerical value. And at the same time, if you take into account in the reality, the various uh, aspect of the reality, uh, the, the, their interrelationship is given, it is converted into certain mathematical equation. And thereby, the entire reality is in fact converted into a formula. That means it's a very complex mathematical formula. So that mathematical formula captures what? The character of the reality. In which the various aspect of the reality, the various components of the reality is very much a part. And see, uh, in fact, in this type of uh, very uh, effort in order to convert the reality into a numerical, you know, what to say, uh, position. Uh, you see, computers or uh, digital technology helps because it involves complex calculations. So, complex calculation takes time. Yeah, complex calculation takes time, and at times, if the, the calculation is too unwieldy, then it becomes nearly impossible to deal with such type of calculation and in fact purely. So the, 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 the necessary aid or support is in fact given through the computers. Because computer helps in computing, you know, going through these complex mathematical calculations. So the, the computers or supercomputers assist in, in fact carrying out uh, the decision, this particular decision making technique in reality. In fact, operation research helps in computer simulations. That is simulating the reality in the virtual space. Imitating the reality in the virtual space. That means introducing the same characters of the reality into the virtual space.
So, okay, okay, how does thereby helps? Because see, with regard to the, the problem area, this problem is converted into yeah, that problem is numerically converted and uh, it's converted into a, you know, a, a, into a virtual reality. The virtual reality in fact carries the same character as that of the, 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 the problem in the physical reality. So the options are explored. Options basically relating to the possible solutions are explored, uh, explored and uh, these are tested by applying these options or solutions to the, 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 the virtual reality or the virtual space through simulation. So the various options are in fact tested in advance So in that something like let's say I, I, I was referring earlier, if you take into account let's say the very process of actually injecting a spacecraft into the space. So in the virtual space here you create what? The entire reality of the space. The physical reality of the space. So those variables are actually put into the virtual space and you just can simply try to find out if at this location with this specification of weight or let's say speed and all this thing or this metallic arrangement, this shape, size, you know all this, if the payload is launched into the space then at various level what are the possible realities, how it is going to react, whether it is going to sustain the pressure or not, what are the possible dangers and all this thing. See, uh, they, 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 before one actually applies the solution in reality, the same solution can be imitated in advance through operation research uh, by creating the same problem in the virtual space or moreover through a formula. So you create a formula that captures what? The reality, the character of the reality. So in that particular context, uh, through this complex calculation that in fact captures the characters of the reality, the solutions are actually introduced and possible consequences are assessed. Now, this minimizes what? This minimizes error. Maximizes success. Or otherwise what we have referred it is a scientific, it is an, a decision making technique that uses scientific or advanced mathematical tools and techniques in order to attain rationality. Attain rationality means coherence between the means and the goal or the consistency between the means that is to be pursued and the goal that has to be achieved. This is what is referred to as an operation research. Now this is what is operation research. So basically in such situations where the things are very complex and the consequences are very, I would say, valuable and the, the, the cost involved is prohibitive, the consequences, the, the margin of error has to be very less or you have to eliminate the margin of error, the most appropriate decision making technique that possibly could be adopted in this case could be operation research. But see, what are the requirements for operation research? What do you need? Supercomputer. 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 
the market of India very much. First of all, you need. Uh, do you think managers themselves can do this? No. One expert. Technical expert. Technical expert. Instead. Basically, experts in operation research would be required. Over experts. So this type of decision making techniques cannot be used without the assistance of OR experts. <coughs> the operation research experts are required. So but for them, this decision making is as much as good as not being available where the managers are not OR experts and their ability to convert the reality into mathematical Okay, let's say numerical values are simply not possible. So this is an advanced skill and uh, this requires the assistance of the world experts. The second aspect is, so do you think only OR experts can do it? Let's say simply OR experts are there, they can convert everything into the numerical value. No, a proper understanding of the reality is required. And for that, who is the one having the proper understanding of what is the problem at hand? So the managers are the one who have the proper understanding of the problem under consideration. So for this, what is required? That means a proper coordination between the managers and OR experts. A proper understanding between the two, the managers and OR experts. And see another aspect. See, even if let's say the managers are there, all experts are there, the other and over experts are coordinating, many times it also be problematic because why? You see, the success of this method lies in what? Conversion into a numerical value, and the conversion has to be accurate, and the relationship that is built with one variable with another, among one variable or among various variables uh, between one and the other is to be accurate. So another important requirement is that all experts should be able to convert the various uh, variables in the problem area into numerical values with the accuracy and also build accurate relationship between various variables. Listen, that is not accurate. Do you think that ultimately uh, the, 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 the solution that is going to actually give is going to be accurate? No. Because exact reality you need. Exact reality in the, uh, you need, you, 
in that formulae or for that matter in the virtual space. You see, any discrepancy with that reality will bring about what? Different result. Something you will not be able to anticipate what exactly is the reality. So the success of OR also depends on extent to which the OR experts are able to convert, not only able to understand, because they need to first of all understand the reality in, in, in as it is. And also to the extent they are able to convert that reality inaccuracy accurately to numerical values. And also accurately build the relationship between various variables in the reality or in the problem reality. And the next task here. Do you think everything is possible to be converted into numerical values? No. Certain things might be immensely difficult. And few things may not be converted. So here that is also being referred. That there are certain things which are highly subjective and complex and may not be susceptible uh, to conversion. So they may not be amenable to conversions. So simply, okay, certain variables might be of immense subjective nature. Uh, so uh, those with hugely subjective times can be very difficult, and some of them might might not be possible to convert it. So the success of the operation research also depends on the extent to which the variable, the various variables in reality are able to be converted into numerical values or able to be given a numerical value. So there are certain things which may not be converted into numerical values and in that case the operation research may not be helpful. So these are basic essentials. So unless these things are there, like the operation research would not be a successful decision making technique. Now that means when are you going to use Operation research. What is the situation? What is the condition when you go uh, for this type of uh, approach? When this type of research making technique? Yes. Data is very Data is very I think the condition is, uh, as we refer, the, 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 there is a problem, maybe a very complex problem. Uh, but more importantly, uh, the, the, the demand in this particular context is that the, the error of judgment uh, should be marginal. That means, uh, the, the, you cannot afford to go wrong. Something like, you cannot afford to go wrong. You have to go right. You have to do right. Because the moment you go wrong, the consequences are going to be very high. Very high. So first of all, in such type of situation, you go for using operation research, but at the same time, this is not the only thing. This type of situation might actually like to make OR uh, one of the most appropriate technique for decision making. But at the same time, for a decision maker, this should not be the only consideration. Why? Because this is an activity that requires advanced skill. 
So the decision to use operational research depends on one, the availability of skilled operational research, or can we say, the experts, or experts. So whether they are there or not, whether they are available for decision making or not. So one important consideration in this particular context is the availability of the OR research or OR experts. Not only this. <clears throat> See the nature of actually the problem. Whether in the problem area various variables involved are able to be converted into numerical values or not. I can be given a numerical value or not if in the problem area there are certain issues, certain realities that is simply uh, are not susceptible to numerical uh, identification or they cannot be given a numerical value or it is immensely difficult, it cannot be captured within a numerical equation then it, is, it, it may not be appropriate to go for over when it is appropriate, when the scenario involved can be converted into mathematical realities. Or the variables in the scenario can be given numerical identities and various variables can be related through numerical uh, equations. So only when these conditions are there, one can go for or one can use or other decision making technique. Okay? All of you understood? Now let us move to other techniques of decision making. See the, the next technique let's try to discuss that is game theory. In a type of uh, scenario where the problem involves, a decision making problem involves competition or it involves multiple other decision makers. So here we are referring a possible scenario where there is competition. A possible scenario where other decision makers are there and other alternative decisions are there. And more importantly, the decision maker partially controls the decision. Sorry, the decision maker controls the decision but partially controls the consequence. 
So here we are saying that in the scenario where the, 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 the situation is what? Computation. Multiple decision makers are there and alternative decisions are there. And as far as the decision maker is concerned, relating to the problem, see, the decision maker though controls the decision, but partially controls the consequence. In such type of scenario, the most appropriate technique or one of the most appropriate techniques that possibly can be used in decision making would be game theory. Now let us try to understand what is game theory. And in order to understand game theory, uh, here we will be referring to uh, one of the famous, uh, what you can say, uh, example or reference that is often referred. That is uh, prisoner's dilemma. So here I am saying that in order to understand the game theory, let us take help of a reference that is often taken up in the context of game theory, that is prisoner's dilemma or dilemma. Like let us say, let, let me try to actually change it in a different way to so, suit our requirement. Police to jante. Just presume or assume, not presume, assume that uh, Delhi police uh, in fact catches or caught hold of two apparently criminals, maybe let's say thieves. And after uh, catching them, uh, puts it, put them behind the bar and excommunicates them. Excommunicates means they use this party. And see here the job of the police is to establish the crime, investigate, investigate, collect evidence and prosecute the criminal with the help of the, the judiciary. So but as for the judiciary, before in fact prosecuting, the police has to present the evidence. So part of the prosecution. Now just imagine, let's say there are Two individuals who have been caught by the police. Police pocket the police pocket. What It starts investigating. It So see, there are two, let's say A and B. These are the two individuals who have been caught and they have been <coughs> simply removed from each other and they cannot communicate with each other and police is interrogating and uh, in fact uh, police is trying to extract a confession and in this it gives option to the A, gives option to the B 
and also not only gives option to A and option to B, but also makes them aware about the possible consequences to their choices. It says, you see, <coughs> A, you have two options. The option is either confess, so you cannot confess. You might simply say, no, don't you worry to make a brand new Facebook here. Or, Kyan Saab, Chori Bura Hai. Or, some Bogal Bala Jo, Isi Ke Saab Mithya Chori Bura Hai. The same option is also given to the A, B. We also told, Kisi, Kuhan Saab Jo Chal Raha Hai, Udhar Bohi Koi Chal Raha Hai. So, you can also confess, or you may not also confess. But at the same time, few options are also given. Because, see, the police says, it is your choice. You have the freedom, you have the free will to say, Yes, I have committed the crime or no, I have not committed the crime. So, as far as the decision is concerned, who is in control? You are in control. As far as the choice is concerned, you are in control. But, as far as the consequences to choices that you are going to make, you are not in complete control, you are only partially in control. Why? As they referred, each one of them is also informed about the fact that you are, let's say, uh, they, 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 the, let's say your friend also has been caught and the, 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 the very process of investigation is also going on with him and he might also confess, he may not also confess. So in this case, the options are, let's say, A confessed and in this case, B did not confess. So there is a, a situation that A confessed, but B, B did not confess. But since A has confessed, he has helped the police to establish the crime. The B, B has not cooperated. So in this particular context, the police is saying that say, the A will be eligible for a lighter punishment. B will be eligible for a heavy punishment. Why? Because the crime is established, but A has helped to establish the crime, B did not help, so he will be eligible for the heavy punishment and the fellow will be eligible for a lighter punishment. But let's say, the same way he confesses, A confesses and B also confesses, both of them confess. If both of them have confessed, then crime is established. So here, uh, it's not that someone has helped the other to, uh, 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 some, uh, only one has helped the police to establish the crime, both has been actually cooperating, so both will be eligible for a moderate punishment. But on the other hand, let's say, simply the same idea. If you take into account, let's say A did not confess and B confesses. So in this case, the B will be eligible for a lighter punishment and B will be A will be eligible for a heavy punishment. But let's say both of them did not confess. Don't know how criminal say so 
and both did not confess. If both did not confess, then the crime is not established, and police have to leave them go scot free. They are not selected children. Now, see, if you take into account this particular scenario, in this particular scenario, how many choices they have in terms of making decision? Two choices. Can actually say yes to the crime or say, you know, we have not committed the crime. Same goes for the B that yes, we have committed the crime or we have not committed the crime. But again, why? The choices are there and choices are controlled by A or B respectively. But are they in complete control of the consequence? No. Now the consequence of the decision that is made by A also depends on the decision that is going to be made by B. The decision might be one. Confession. But in case of confession, what are the consequences? Lighter punishment or moderate punishment. So I partially control, I do not fully control, I only control my decision. What decision I have to take? But the decision that I take, I am in only, I am, I am in control only partially of the consequence. Because if I choose confession, I can only control the avoidance of heavy punishment or let's say going scot free. I only become eligible for lighter or heavier moderate punishment. On the other hand, if I choose, let's say, don't confess, I am not confessing. So in that particular context, either I go scot-free or I am getting heavy punishment. I am only avoiding lighter punishment or the moderate punishment. But that also, whatever the consequence, that also I am dependent on the other decisions, others' decision. So that is why, see, if you take into account this particular scenario, this is a scenario that is a competition. Other decision makers are there, other decisions are there. So the consequences of one's decision is not entirely dependent on one's own decision, it partially dependent on one's own decision. It moreover depends on the other parties dependent on the type of decision or the nature of decision that is taken by other decision makers in the decision making framework. So basically, this prisoner's dilemma expresses, it in fact introduces the essence of game theory, game theory as a decision making technique. And therefore, game theory is more suitable in which type of scenario? In a complicated scenario, like let's say, if you take into account government, in government, uh, uh, in which area uh, maybe the game theory would be appropriate? That's what is the, maybe this can be one of the most appropriate techniques. So in government, which area uh, maybe game theory would be more applicable? <laughs> government also deals with certain competitive areas. Public sector, huh? public sector undertakings, let's say the telecommunication, civil aviation, the number of these areas now, do you think government enjoys only a monopoly? No, it's a competitive environment. So, number of those public sector undertakings 
a number of those areas where the commercial activities are also taken up by the government or those arena where not only government alone is present but in the same arena there are also number of private uh, profit uh, organizations are there so they are possibly in terms of pricing in terms of personal procurement or in terms of let's say uh, in policy decisions and all these things you go for which type of you can you can adopt which type of technique MPA or let's say foreign policy foreign relation in foreign relation whether it's a competitive environment or not it's a competitive environment See, okay, let's say India's decision is not entirely going to capture the consequence that is aimed at the nature of decision that the other country takes the nature of the decision let's say many other countries take that is going to decide the consequences benefits, losses, advantages or disadvantages all these are going to measure in the context of what? This multiple alternative decisions that is going to be taken by others in the competitive environment. So, if you take into account the external affairs or the foreign relation, or if you take into account, let's say, number of these arena of, uh, let's say, public, the public sector only, <laughs> here uh, we can simply say that uh, the, 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 the game theory as a decision making technique is uh, very appropriate. But see, what is the essence of game, game theory and what exactly game theory is Like let's say, other is situation in two more. I will come to the next part and try to explain what are the essence of game theory or what is that game theory is at, what are its ingredients. But simply let me ask you, is situation in two more? You will confess or you will not confess? Not confess. It depends on how confident you are about the others capability kitness that's a very nice thing yes why do you say I confess or why do you say I do not confess I am not going to confess because see first of all if you believe about the gentility I think you being here if you have been reasonable you are going to find out who is the fellow on whom Let's say the consequences of my decision is actually depending whether I know that fellow well or not. What is the core competence? Mark by the reaction Simply try to you try to assess that what are the possibilities? What are the preponderance? If there is a very high possibility that fellow is not going to confess, you are too confident about that individual. You might choose not to confess because you find that my benefit on this account is going to be much higher and the chances of actually losing is less, very less. So you go by what? That I don't confess. But the second aspect is that you need to also take into account your priorities. Whether you are ready to actually face the other consequence or not, what is the other consequence? Heavy punishment, so heavy loss. Very huge negative consequence. 
whether you have that desire, you have that capability or not. Let's say you're comfortably placed and as such, there is no such strong, there is no need for taking any chance. You might decide there is no need for going for that very huge chance. So let me play safe. So playing safe is more. You might think, let me play safe and uh, because there is no such urgency to go for uh, taking such huge risk. So that means you are going to also assess your requirement and your ability to take that risk or not. So you are going to understand the other decision maker, understand in detail what possible decisions they are going to take, what have, whether they are capable of taking this decision or not, they will take this decision or not, and if they take this decision, what are the consequences, and at the same time, you are also going to evaluate what is my need, what is that I value, and what are my capacities. All these factors are going to be the basis for your decision, what I should be. What decision, which decision I should choose. Rather than simply, you know, I don't confess or I confess. So that means, coming back, if you take it to account game theory, game theory would emphasize that the decision making would require to know the decision makers. in the decision making environment well. So what is an important thing in this context? That is very important to know the other decision makers. So let's say you are actually in an automobile industry, you are an automobile major. If you are making a decision, See, other automobile uh, companies are there, they might also take a decision. If you are a telecommunication organization and you are introducing a policy, see, this might possibly be going to be reacted by others. So it's important, game theory will say that first of all you should know your competitor well. Who are the competitors? What are their core competence? Whether they will be actually focusing on this or not. And if they focus, what is going to be the most likely decision of theirs or what all decisions possibly they are going to take. So basically, the game theory would emphasize that the decision makers should know all the other decision makers in the decision making environment. And at the same time, imaginatively anticipate their decisions. Imaginatively anticipate their decisions. And not only that, also imaginatively calculate the possible alternative consequences. Imaginatively also anticipate the possible 
alternative consequences. And as per one's capability, <coughs> priorities, one should choose the decision. Are you able to understand this aspect? So this is what is the game theory. Now what is the limitation in game theory? Because it demands too many information. And at the same time, it is based on hypothetical assessments. So it is going to be, it requires adequate information and it requires also an individual's capacity to forecast. So this is something very demanding, it requires higher scale. Now, uh, let us take into account uh, another discriminating technique that is So let me first of all introduce the condition under which uh, this technique would be an apt technique or under what condition this technique would be preferred as a decision making technique. See, uh, If you take into account let's say an organization. See organizations might have to perform multiple tasks and for all these tasks you require certain resources, you require human resource, you require capital resource, the monetary resource, 
At the same time, also there is a requirement of material resources. You know, various tools, techniques, or let's say the computers, a number of things, material resources. So a number of different types of resources are required. But see, every organization has finite resource. So then the question of optimal optimal utilization of these resources in order to maximize the productivity. So in that particular context, see the different tasks, different projects that is there within the organization that should be handled, that should be taken up, requires resources, and the resources being finite, that's a question, how to actually distribute these resources so that there's an optimal utilization of these resources to the advantage of the organization. Let me repeat this. So there are a number of tasks to be performed, number of jobs to be carried out. And in a case where number of tasks or the jobs are to be carried out, it is required uh, that uh, the, the, the resources that is at the disposal of the organization should be optimally utilized. So how to distribute, how to assign these resources, how to arrange these resources, whether human resource, material resource or financial resource, within the organization so as to maximally, optimally utilize it to the advantage of the organization. In such type of scenario, the decision technique, making technique that becomes helpful is linear programming. The linear programming is the one that becomes helpful in such type of scenario, in such type of situation. Because the name suggests linear programming. That is, all the projects in the, let's say, straight line. All the resources in the straight line. And trying to coordinate and analyze, understand that what permutation and combination of the resources are available vis-a-vis -vis uh, these projects can help to maximally utilize the resources to the advantage of the organization. So five projects could be there. And these five projects required to be completed, let's say not in the same timeline. So one might be having a lot of time to complete, other might not be having much of time. It has to be completed at an earlier stage. But see, resources that is at the disposal so they need to be arranged in a manner because if you if you unscientifically go on assigning the resources, what will happen? Few might get over, few might be left. Few unimportant projects might be uh, completed, or important projects might be simply remain uh, unaddressed. Or there might be overlapping of the resources. So what is required? That these resources what permutation and combination, when this type of resources to be utilized here, how to be utilized here, so that they can also be utilized for other projects. So basically, linear programming is a, is a type of decision making technique which tries to rationalize 
the resource assigning and utilization within the organization so as to maximize the productivity of the organization. So if you want to find out how the manpower within the organization should be better utilized, you should go for which type of technique? Legal programming. Why? A, a simple layman's reference let me bring in. For your understanding only let me bring in. Let's say there are projects P1, P2, P3, P4. Four projects are in pipeline. And this project, let's say, each of this project, this requires let's say 15 manpower, this requires let's say 25 manpower, this requires let's say 20 manpower, or this requires let's say 25 manpower. So in totality, how many manpower you should be having? In general, all the four projects, how many manpower? 40, 80, 40, 60, 90, 90. So 95 manpower? But if you try to understand, let's say you have only yeah, at your disposal 50. 50 manpower is there with you. And four projects are there. And if you blindly go about it, assign 15, assign 25, you are not directed with much. And at the end, you will find you may not be able to complete all this. So you might have to finding out what is the time available. It might be, let's say, the time available is two years. And the completion time that, is, that will be required is six months. Similarly, you try to ascend, assess. And accordingly, you can find out how to actually assign this manpower to which project first and which project next. And what amount to first and what amount to next. You might actually think if 15 is assigned within six months, it can be completed. If we can increase it to 20 or 25, we might reduce the time to four months. So that will have a flexibility of one year, six months, or eight months with other projects. So accordingly, you know, we can actually distribute what? The manpower. So that is what linear programming, in fact, is a technique that strives to optimize on the resource utilization. And as the name suggests, it keeps all the let's say tasks in a straight line and resources in the straight line and tries to actually go for rationalization. Then what type of manpower, what type of resources, what type of techniques, material resources can be assigned, reassigned, or allotted so as to maximize the resource utilization. So simply get the same. That's it. In any case, that the question of resource utilization. Uh, with regard to the organization, the decision making technique that could actually help us is linear programming. The technique that the most often thing would be linear programming. Understood this aspect? The next one is take into account the decision tree.
related to the problem in a sequential way. That is, which decision is the first one, which is the second, which decisions have to be taken simultaneously, and which decision has to succeed and what decision has to proceed. Now, see, if you take into account the decision tree, decision tree requires the problem to be broken down in as many as small identifiable tasks. Something you have to remember here, the Kaiman motion study. It has to be divided into, it has to be broken down into as many as identifiable so small tasks. And each task <coughs> is to be understood in terms of its preceding task and succeeding task. So that means next thing that what is to be done? Not only you break down the entire job into the problem into number of identifiable small tasks, but each task you have to establish a chain. For each task, you have to establish a chain. Chain involving what is the preceding task and what is the succeeding task. And after this, a complete chain is to be established. The moment you are able to establish for each task the preceding and succeeding, you can connect everything. And the entire chain is to be established. That means this chain of decisions has to be established in a projective manner, in a probabilistic manner. In a projective or probabilistic manner. What does that mean? That means you have to anticipate, you have to project that what decision is to be taken first and what is to be taken next, which is the, the, the succeeding decisions to each one after each decision. And see, in, 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 in actual uh, the, the, the world or in actual practice, this decision tree technique is followed in certain major tools like CPM. No, what is program evaluation and review technique that we are studying it from? Program evaluation and review technique. CPM. CPM. Critical path method.
or even like to see we have other similar type of uh, uh, tools like Gantt chart G A N double T Gantt Gantt chart G A N double T Gantt now, what is, what is the essential essence of this particular technique? What is the advantage of this technique? If the job is actually complex, multiple tasks is involved, you need to actually optimize on resources, optimize on time. So, decision tree can help on identifying or, or it can help in optimizing the job. It can help in avoiding overlapping of the task, wastage of resources, and moreover, optimization in the resource utilization. We have a clear idea that what decision has to be taken first, which job has to be done first, what is to proceed to succeed, and what the time frame within which it has to be done, and at what level, what will happen so that thereby. You can understand at which level which type of resources would be required. What type of manpower, what type of uh, uh, other resources are required. So, resource utilization would be optimal. The entire job will be clear what all to be taken, what, what are the various issues involved. And as we have referred, that this is a type of technique that is used in which context. What is the scenario in which it is to be it is best used? When well, the, 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 the problem involves multiple tasks. And all these tasks are not actually independent tasks. There might be few independent tasks. There might be few parallel. Parallel means what? Independent. But most of these are interdependent. If you are constructing a stadium, so many tasks are involved, so many activities are involved. If you want to actually avoid time overrun, cost overrun, then what you have to do? You have to plan it in advance. Plan it in advance through creating a decision tree. What is first? What is next? What are simultaneously we can take up? And through that, you will be able to understand that at what stage which resources would be required. So that we are not holding the resources. So that will lead to estate, that will lead to more of cost. And you are able to complete the things in time so that there is no cost overrun and at the time overrun. So such type of scenario, such type of problem situation are the best addressed through this decision tree. Take it. Now another very simple technique that we refer to you, ABC technique. ABC पढ़ते हैं कि नहीं? हैं? बचपन में पढ़ते थे A B C ना ऐसे सब रिजेक्ट कर पढ़े थे See, let's say 
uh, a group or an individual, an organization or a position. Let's say, first to handle a large number of uh, problems or issues. That means the group has to take a lot of decisions or the organization has to take a lot of decisions or individuals has to take a lot of decisions or a position has to take a lot of decisions. But see, there might be a time constraint. There might be a time constraint which time available to the individual or the organization might be less. So in that particular context, what is the possibility? In many times you will find that say some decisions, some problems are left unattended. So there will be some problem that would be ultimately left unattended. So when certain problems are left unattended and if the problem that is left unattended is more important so it is going to have a more negative replication. So in such type of scenario where the time available is less as compared to the number of decisions that is to be taken. In such type of scenario, the most appropriate technique would be a discipline. In this type of scenario, the most appropriate technique would be the ABC technique. Now, what is this ABC technique then? See, it is a very simple technique. That is, the, the institution or the individuals, whoever the decision maker, the decision maker faced with such type of scenario should divide the decision making or the problems requiring decision maker decision making. So whatever problems are at hand that requires decisions. So the decision maker should divide all this, divide all this into three categories. That is most important next important and least important. So most important decisions, next important decisions and least important decisions. Accordingly, it can be named as A, B, and C. So, most important decision that is classified could be referred to as A. The next important decision that is, that is classified can be named as B, and the least important category of decisions can be accordingly named as C. And C, the proportion can depend on the decision maker. It can be something like, let's say, 50, 30, 20, or 20, 30, 50. 
I think it's very simple, very simple technique. Which it helps in what? Optimizing time. Because in this way, if at all any decision is left, then which decision should be left? Less important decision should be left. Otherwise, if time doesn't allow you and you go out arbitrarily, in that particular condition, if at all any decision is left, then those decisions will be possibly the, 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 those will be most important decisions. So the reputation will be more. The negative consequences will be more. So that is why the ABC technique is an appropriate technique in case individual is faced with more tasks. So just say exam pass are or revise the degree for all the Behind them, buddhi mani kya hoga? Aant bandhaki yehi ki padhte jau, ki padhte jau. Just try to find out then which of these things that I am going to revise is the most important. Which is the next one, which is the list. And you can start with A, proceed to the B, and in that case, we put out the thing left. Logically, that would be the least important one, having the list of the damage. So these are the various techniques of decision making. And uh, what is the advantage? How these techniques are useful? That is the question, how to improve the rationality in decision making. So what these techniques helps? What is the utility of these techniques? It can help in increasing rationality. That means appropriateness of the decision that is taken in achieving the goal. Increases efficiency in decision making. And I have already intimated the procedure, the processes, and all these things. Please take to the greater material, read to that. Okay? So, this is what is decision making, the two techniques of decision making, especially we will discuss. And if at all any question, please ask before I move to the other topic on the chapter. It might be asked in a number of different ways. Like a simple question that was asked in the organizations, or many times the organizations fail because of the lack of closure. 
Now many times the organizations fail because of lack of closure. What is this closure? Decision. Decision is a closure. You finalize, this is what we have to do. So many organizations fail because of lack of closure. That means lack of closure is that either they don't take decision or they are not able to take right decision. So you generally have to develop. Or at times they might ask some specific techniques. Which is fair to in either way they might ask. But in this section, most of the time the questions are on these two topics. Motivation and leadership. Literally they have ignored the rest of the three. There has been occasional question on morale and absolutely complete neglect of another area that is very simple as well, that is communication. Almost no questions on that. Anyway, uh, let's consider the next topic, morale. So this is a term also we very frequently use and hear. So what do you understand by moral? Bachon? Moral kya hai? You said something? In front of you. Moral, you wanted to say something? Ah, yes, yes, yes. So, left movement was like what you wanted to say something? Yes, yes, don't worry. You wanted to say something? What do you want? No? What do you understand by this? Yes. At the principles. Australia, thanks to the good luck to Australia in the 
penalty shootout, not sure they won, but in the field play, uh, India dominated, and Australia is considered to be menacing as a team. And in that particular context, you might have heard from the commentary, if at all you are here in hockey matches, morale of the Indian team is very high. We use this or not? Very often we use this. Very frequently we use this. What is that? They say, by chance, if you do it in PT, you will be able to do it. What is that? You reminded me, one of my students just in the last batch, and he used to be in the habit of translating everything into Hindi. So whenever I used to ask something, he used to come up with his Hindi translation. He used to be very good in that form. Okay, what is the English meaning of awesome? Yes, what is it? See, all but confidence. Confidence. Okay. Also, accurate conversion uh, translation is confidence, not morale. Uh, let me explain a few things before we enter into this. Simply say, uh, now that I am referring to the scores, maybe in that context it would be uh, the most useful and uh, it might actually appeal you to understand. See, continuously, let's say, team wins. Yeah, continuously, because see, every match is different or not? Every match is different? Just to play a phrase. Is the, is the, is the previous uh, performance is going to be the parameter uh, for assigning the victory or the defeat? No. The performance of the day is going to be the thing uh, that's that important. But see, if repeatedly an team is winning, what is the mind state or state of mind of the players while they're going for a, their next match? It's very hard to Very hard. The state of mind is very hard. They're highly enthusiastic. So state of enthusiasm is very hard. State of confidence is very hard. On the other hand, if repeatedly, repeatedly they have been defeated, last five matches, lost. Or five, last ten matches in a row, lost. So do you think in the 11th match that the players are actually less motivated to play? Are they less motivated in any kind of money? No, they are very much motivated in any kind of money. But what is exactly low? They're feeling low in confidence. Their enthusiasm is low. Their spirit is low. Similarly, let's say you have an academically a very strong student. In your school days, you have become a topper, and in your university, you become a topper. Now that you take up civil service, generally in the beginning, what is the the mindset? You be buying a car. So if you take into account that very, what we say, intangible aspect, something that is there in you that is not measurable or that cannot be calibrated numerically, you cannot actually take a calibrate one, two, three. It's something intangible, not measurable, non-material aspect. 
that in fact gives you a feeling of confidence, a feeling of enthusiasm. That very non-material aspect, that very intangible aspect, that very aspect that is there in the psychology of the individual, that is expressed through the individual's confidence and enthusiasm, is what is referred here as moral. So simply otherwise we can say that moral is the measure of an individual's or a group's enthusiasm. Confidence, spirit, this will be a task. So it is a psychological state of confidence. It is a psychological state of confidence or the psychological state of enthusiasm. And morale is different from motivation. Many times uh, we in fact uh, are confused between morale and motivation. But morale is different from motivation. What is motivation? Motivation is the persistence and consistency with which an individual is driven towards the job or the task. So the very willingness of an individual towards the task. That is what is motivation. But when you refer to morale, morale is not actually explaining the willingness or lack of willingness. Or individuals uh, drive towards the task or let's say drive away from the task. This is primarily referring to individuals' confidence with regard to the task or individuals' sense of enthusiasm or confidence with regard to the task. So this is what is morale. Morale is important or not? Morale important here? Cure important. History important. Hmm? Normally, Bolo, we start to know of the Jodo. Why moral is important? What is the essence, the essence or the significance of moral? Do you think that should be high moral? Yes, sir. Q. Concentration and focus. Acha moral helps in? Concentration and focus. But you can clear otherwise. Oh, confidence in method it might actually no, you be too confident you may be too enthusiastic you might be too vulnerable to what? wrong fault so many people see in civil service many people fail not because they were not confident but because they were very overconfident they were good students brilliant students they had higher you know, the real caliber, but they couldn't make it. And many times it's because they have been too confident, overconfident. So it can be a double-edged sword. 
So one aspect rightly as he says, moral can build, no moral can help individuals to be driven or to, 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 to uh, with a higher motivation, you can help individuals with higher motivation. They will be highly more, more and more driven towards the task. If your moral continues to be high, you will be more motivated in that particular task. So one aspect, one important aspect is moral is significant for individuals, motivation. Because high moral many times helps individuals to remain motivated. So what is the other significance? Okay, let me convert it, what he's trying to say. He's saying that high moral helps individual to overcome obstacles. Agar low moral hai, kuch gadbad hua, kata hai, chod hai. Na, chod chod hai, yehi hai. But when the moral is very high, when obstacles are there, you have to take, to take it down your way. And your ability to overcome obstacle is much higher when the moral is high. So high moral helps individuals to overcome obstacles. So that means it enables an individual to cope with situation with ease. That means the readiness of an individual to face the situation, address the situation, or adapt or adjust to the situation is very high. Something like let's say, see the preparation is so difficult, your steam will be so difficult, it's costly, your food is not according to your requirement, you won't want to be missing your home food, no. Your not uh, your mother, no mom food, foods and all. So still you you will be ready to achieve all these things. I am ready to handle. Why? Your moral might be high, but when moral is low and all these obstacles, they will appear to be what? Very healthy, very healthy, and at times there might be a point that will become unsurmountable. But when the moral is high, you simply think, "Ah, it's a little bit of a problem. It's just that." It's a fact of life, right? It's come across. We should actually enjoy the pleasure of pain. All this philosophy are <laughs> So many of the negative situations are philosophized and people can overcome the obstacle but you know, to, to, to only because of what? High moral. What for the moral? The same obstacle will become unsurmountable. For the third aspect. See, if you take into account morale, the high morale. See, high morale is important for the individuals and the groups in order to help individuals to be more productive. The morale effort be So you tend to take more effort. So when you are actually morale is very high in anything, your studies or sports or anything, you tend to actually 
take effort, maybe beyond your normal capacity, you are able to stretch yourself. So moral helps individual to stretch their potential and become more productive or highly productive. What else? What is the correlation between the moral and the risk? Is there any correlation between moral and the risk? What is that? Moral enables an individual to take higher risk. So in game or in sports, there are certain, let's say, difficult things. The risk factor is more. See, simply, if I have to introduce something, maybe uh, many of you may not be able to relate, but uh, I simply get the refer. refer. See, all of you know Tiger Woods? Kudunamdeo, great author. In fact, to one aspect I am referring, see, it, it, when he was at the peak of his career, uh, you see, in one of the championships, I'm not exactly able to remember the championship. In that, uh, the, 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 the one of the holes, because in golf you have a number of different holes, 18 holes. So you have to uh, start from a tee and reach to the green. And different courses are different length and different, uh, it might be of different shape. So, one particular course was a dog leg say something like this way. And, uh, and in that, uh, they, 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 it was coming to the closer, it was the third day, coming to the closer and he was not the leader, the leader means the one who is leading by points. So uh, basically in the golf, the case is that let's say this is par 4, means four, in 4 slots you have to put the ball inside. In four sorts, you are putting inside zero. If you are putting in three sorts, minus one. You are putting in, let's say, five plus one. So, more the minus, you are actually leading. So, he was, uh, in fact, uh, uh, second, you know, the, 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 the second in the lead, and it was by a very small margin. The one was the leader, he was somewhere near the course. And uh, something went wrong, and he was somewhere here. And the distance to the green was actually difficult one. All the gauges are there, and here Hajar means the sand and the water and what bodies all these are there. And it was in the distance of something like 260 or 70 yards. The distance was there. And it was a small green surrounded with lots of hajars. And see, everybody wanted, you know, everybody thought he will actually push it here, somewhere here, and from here he will take a safe shot. But see, he dared to take a direct diagonal shot. And see, anyone else could not have you know, dared to take that. It's a huge risk. With this going wrong, you will not be second lead. You will be fourth or fifth or something like that. You will go down. The moment it is here, automatically you will be taking a penalty. And then the next shot, and a lot of bogey, my bogey wins, pluses will be there. 
So he took a shot from here, and anybody else would not have taken that, would have dared to take for what? Go for a safe shot. Now, see, he took that because why? Because at that point of time, he was at a very high moral. And that high moral enabled him to take what? A huge risk. And the brilliant pick landed something near to the field. So basically saying, what we are actually referring here is that uh, the moral, the high moral, moral is significant because it enables individuals to take risk. And thereby, it becomes important in which type of job, which type of task, that involves creativity, innovation. But this type of job requires more risk. So these are the, what you say, the significance of Bola. But at the same time, do you find some limitations? Moral can at times be problematic. Yes. You see, here, if you have been completely blind, because you are taking, you are relying on its moral and relying on its skill, you are too confident. Yes, I will be able to manage. Even if things are very uh, dangerous and distance is not small, 260, 270 yards distance and it is a small grain surrounded with hazards have to land only within this small grain otherwise things are lost so he was relying heavily on that but at times you overconfidence because at times you might miscalculate your skill because of that huge confidence and it might be disastrous and they are referring many good students not making it not because they are not taking effort but because they have miscalculated because they have been too confident or overconfident. So the morale always may not help in increasing productivity. Many times it might be counterproductive. So, high moral in many, many cases might be the reason for lower productivity. Because high, high moral has the capacity of blurring an individual's perception of reality, understanding of reality. So, you will misread the reality, you will misread the obstacle, you will misread the risk. So when you are high on morale, see many great empire actually fail because of what? That very high morale. Many great invaders, they fail at times, in a critical moment they fail because of what? That very high morale. Why? Because that, that overarching morale that has been there with them and their soldiers, in fact, resulted into them being, in fact, blind to some reality. The misread the reality, the underestimated the opponents and all this, and that in fact resulted into their fall. So many times the morale might be men always if not be responsible for higher productivity. At times it might actually be responsible for lower productivity or lowering of the productivity. Because it might blur an individual's perception of reality, individual's understanding of the reality.
what is the correlation between high moral and motivation? Is my, can you say it might be responsible for lowering motivation? Do you think? Yes. You are so confident that you think the rest of the Again, for the same reason, it might lower the motivation, that means lower your, uh, your contribution, lower your willingness. So, you tend to actually contribute more. Yes. Tend to be less energetic. So, it might also be counterproductive. So, at times, it might be the reason for lowering of the motivation. What is the correlation with risk? Can it be contradictory? Hmm? Can it be contradictory? Will it be contradictory? बच्चों कॉन्ट्रेडिक्टरी हो सकता है सोचो कमजोर दिमाग में जो कमजोर दो हो सकता है कैसे कैसे it doesn't need to be a risk. 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 Confident about it. Confident about it. Confident about it. Then you take this. Not take this. So confident only for the risk. Other risk involved. Like this is the example I gave. He's confident that he will get here. I put the ball in the green. So he took the risk. That's a risk involved or not? He's confident that the consequence will be not good. Achha, when he is confident that the consequence will not be good. Who's playing more? Sir, if opportunity cost is good. Huh? If opportunity cost is good, not taking this. Yes. Achha, opportunity cost is better than this. Shall I break you in all your ideas? Yes, it can also act to the function. Because when you are in a high morale, your ability to take risk is very high. That means you will take risk. And the moment you take risk and you are not well calculated or you have not taken adequate effort to actually <coughs> to realize it, you fail. So when in high moral, the tendency to take risky things are high. And if you overdo it and if you are not successful, what is the consequence? Next, are you going to take risk? It's going to be very counterproductive. So morale can actually lead ultimately to disable an individual from taking risk. 
might take risk, whether in not having a high moral and moment you go wrong, so you think it might be complete because high moral might make you uh, take huge risk and the huge negative consequence of backlash. And in that particular context, the individual might be completely dissuaded from taking any risk. Or lower his capacity to subsequently take risk. So that is why we can say the moral could be a double-edged sword. It could be a double-edged sword. It could work both ways. Write down a question. Individuals with great confidence and enthusiasm but great organizations and empires organizations and empires have fallen and failed because of its over-enthusiasm That is the performance. 
explain the relationship between morale and motivation in the light of the preceding statement I think uh, both the questions easily you can tackle. Or both the questions easily you can handle or not? Is here enough? Second question. What is the second question? Morale is the engine to motivation that is performance. That means it is simply saying when you have high morale, it can create more motivation. So it's something actual motivation, willingness. The willingness is there flowing primarily from morale. You being very highly enthusiastic, spirited. You being very highly enthusiastic about let's say playing something, you play well, you you play regularly, you play very diligently, disciplined way. So here, morale is the engine, and what is the performance of this engine? to motivation. That is. And you explain the relationship between the two in the context. In the context of the preceding statement. That means more you will be focusing towards the complementarity or the opposite. Complementarity. How they are complementary. Okay. So this is a part of the discussion with regard to morale that we had. Any question relating to whatever we discussed today, please ask. I am not asking any questions, but I should presume that I have been teaching very nicely.